Welcome to the Running After 40 podcast, the podcast about all things related to running at 40 and beyond, produced by www.runningwithgrit.com. We help you stay physically healthy and emotionally strong at any running pace. I'm Sarah, your host, and a wife, a full-time working mom with three kids, three dogs, and a lifetime passion for running. Whether you are a veteran runner looking to maximize your times as a master runner or a brand new jogger starting in your 40s, 50s, or any age, this podcast will be there for your journey. I want to share stories, secrets, and strategies for success. This includes mistakes and lessons learned, all related to running past age 40. Let's hit the play button together and hit the roads as runners with grit after age 40. Hey guys, welcome to episode 50 of the Running After Age 40 podcast. Thanks for being here. Today's topic is running and epigenetics. We're going to talk about running for longevity. So this is going to be a short intro into the topic, and I plan to do a deeper dive into some scientific literature next year. Uh, But I wanted to just do a quick overview of epigenetics and how it applies to running and your lifestyle in general. And the whole goal of today's podcast is certainly not to bore you with scientific facts, but rather to get you moving and motivated about exercising and changing your diet just a little bit um, because of the stellar benefits that tiny little changes can have. So one of the, the main goals for today is to really provide some hope in terms of science. And just the realization that food and exercise are really information for our brains and our bodies. So let's just kick it off with epigenetics. What is it? Uh, And if you're a high level like genetics person, you probably are going to laugh at the way that I use some of these terms, but just bear with me. Uh, You know, from my research, you know, only 3% of our longevity, our lifespan is from our genetics. You know, instead we write the book for our lives. Like our genes are there, like we're born with them. We can't change our actual genes. We have genes, we have the DNA that we have until you die. It stays the same no matter what you do. It's like the hardware on your computer, but the epigenetics is the software and it's the expression of the genes and that can change. And I mean, one example of that is think about your hair color. Like mine's starting to turn super gray. So my hair, you know, the DNA didn't change, but the way that the genes are expressed changed. Uh, And it's all because certain genes are turned on and off. So epigenetics is a fancy word. You may or may not know what it means. Epi, E-P-I means above. So epigenetics is what's on top of genetics. It's essentially how your behavior and your environment affects your genes and your genes expression. So if you take nothing else away from this podcast, take away the fact that people are born with bad genes. You know, we're all born with a certain genes and some genes are better than others, but in reality, we can beat bad genes. Uh, so, you know, genetics are what you're born with, but epigenetic changes are truly reversible and they change how your body reads the DNA sequences. So, you know, just don't ever say again, well, I have bad genes, genes, this is just the way that things are, because it's really not. And you have the power to change a lot of things about the way that your genes are expressed. 
So another fancy word is methylation. Uh, you might see that if you read a little bit about epigenetics. And to keep it super simple, methylation is basically key to turn on genes that lead to good health, but it also can turn off genes that lead to poor health. It's essentially like if you go back to your chemistry days, it's adding a specific group to a DNA strand. A reaction occurs on that DNA chain. Uh, I'm not going to get too into where it is, but if a methyl group attaches to DNA, it changes the way that the DNA is expressed. It's a, it's like a light switch. So if you add the methyl group to the strand, you turn the light switch into off. And then if you take the methyl group off, then the light switch comes back on. So uh, these this methylation is super important. You don't need to understand it. You just need to know that the things that you do as far as your lifestyle and your exercise are making tiny, tiny little switches on and off in these genes. So again, I started out kind of saying there's hope in science, and this is, this is there's science and hope. You're beating your bad genes. So you can turn, you know, on and off the genes. You can at least amp them up or on. Uh, or up or down. So, you know, the other, uh, you know, the second thing to remember from today's podcast is no single food or activity is perfect or for every person. So this is, you know, I'm recording this episode at the end of 2022. I can only imagine in the next two, three years, how much we're going to better understand about epigenetics. Uh, You know, it used to be that we thought we couldn't change any of this. Uh, But in reality, all of us respond a little different to different types of exercise, different kinds of foods. That's why all these personalized genetic testing uh, methods are out there now and these companies are coming out and promoting them. And I'm not going to promote any of them today. I want to do my due diligence and really research them in 2023. Uh, And then I probably will have a few that I try myself to see what foods I'm most responsive to, how my exercise patterns respond, and then I'll report back. But again, it's individualized. We're all different. Uh, and you can't cancel out like a negative with a positive. So it's kind of like going for a run to try to cancel out smoking. It doesn't work that way. One light switch on doesn't cancel out another that comes on. Um, to keep it super simple as far as food, food is information that is teaching your genes what to do. So some some things I've mentioned in previous episodes are going to play again, I guess. But uh, we'll just keep reemphasizing them over and over so that we all, including me, uh, just you know remember this when it's time to choose what you're going to eat for breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks. So what op- optimizes the epigenetic clock? It's what you'd expect. Fish. Fruits, vegetables, poultry, uh, all the typical things that we've talked about before. Uh, Diets high in specific nutrients, though, mainly folate, B vitamins, SAMe, are especially important because they modulate DNA methylation. And those are really key, like, at the very beginning when your epigenome is first established. So that'd be like when a female is pregnant or when, a, you know, a baby is um, just first born and they're uh, epigenetic, like, they're all, 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 the, all those are turning on and off for the first time. So those uh, folate, B vitamins, SAMe are especially important early on, but they still are important uh, later on too. Uh, fish and seafood are ideal. 
And why is that? Uh, we hear to eat fatty fish. It's because of the omega-3 fatty acids. Uh, they have anti-inflammatory. They have hypotriglyceridemic p- properties. Uh, so, you know, fish, uh, fruits, vegetables. Uh, polyphenols are another thing that is very positive epigenetically. Uh, so polyphenols, the foods that have that are high in this, broccoli, green tea, red wine. These are all superstars, honestly. Uh, green leafy vegetables, cilantro, sunflower seeds, asparagus, mushrooms. You can tell I'm reading a list. Eggs, beets, and berries. Just going to repeat some of these again. I don't need to repeat the fish. Fatty seafood, I think we've hit that hard. Uh, And green leafy vegetables too. But, I mean, you heard green tea. You heard red wine. Cilantro. uh, Different types of seeds, specifically sunflower seeds. Mushrooms and eggs are all good. Uh, Think about the way that uh, something is planted. And the harder area it is to grow in. So if it's, you know, in cold weather and it survives that Uh, and the plant is stressed, that's a positive thing for us because that plant passes along its cell defense mechanisms. So we get that when we eat it. Okay. I promise I'm not going to just read lists all through this podcast, but if you want to remember anything, just remember these, you know, foods from the ground are good. Uh, and also to think about the rainbow. And you might have heard that before with regards to looking at the foods you're eating, but it really is an easy way to think about it and trying to have uh, your diet be a lot of different colors. It just makes you, um, you know, a little bit more broad minded and, uh, and it's all very positive. One of the statistics I found uh, you're going to be, you know, kind of flabbergasted by this is 10% of our calories come from 20,000 edible plants. So there's 20,000 edible plants. We're only eating 10% of our calories from those. So that means that 90% of what we eat is coming from a really small number of plants. And that's a problem. Like we were meant to have a better, more diverse diet. And I'm very victim to this because I like to eat kind of like the same thing every day. Uh, but it's a good reminder to try to eat uh, more of a variety. And then the other key thing here is to eat whatever is fresh in season, first and foremost. It's a little hard here in the Midwest, um, and we have to rely on frozen. But in general, like if you're somewhere where you can eat fresh, definitely go that route. Okay, uh, I have a written list and I'll put these in the podcast notes, um, but there's very specific nutrients that have positive effects on your epigenetics. Uh, I already mentioned some of them. A few others I'll mention, uh, turnip greens, cabbage, uh, onion, garlic, uh, garlic and leeks, they can both be anti-cancer, uh, have anti-cancer properties with regards to your anti-epigenetics. Uh, uh, dairy products can be anti-hypertensive. Uh, the potatoes, tomatoes, and again, the green leafy vegetables, I can't say that enough. Uh, olive oil, nuts, uh, and those can be cholesterol-lowering. Uh, Okay, so the foods I think I've hit, uh, you know, again, you can probably just Google easily epigenetic foods and find that. Uh, it's pretty straightforward. It's, it's mostly from the Southern European Atlantic diet. 
Uh, what about cooking science as far as our epigenetics? Like how can we best, you know, um, make sure that what we eat isn't destroyed in the cooking that we do? And I'm not going to hit this super hard. This could probably be like a whole podcast. I'm sure that there's entire books about this. I'll just give you a couple tips. Uh, number one, don't overcook. Fresh is almost always better. Uh, don't fry. That's the worst and it really can mess up the epigenetics. So like fried vegetables aren't going to have the same properties as fresh. Uh, the other thing that I learned is that fresh is always better, but try not to buy it in plastic. And I do a lot of times buy the, the cut up in plastic. Uh, and what I learned that I'll pass on to you is if you do buy that, don't buy it far ahead so it doesn't sit in the plastic too long. It's still better. Like I, I'm telling myself I'm still going to buy it that way because it's better than not having it at all. Um, but uh, yeah, definitely the less it sits in the plastic, the better. And then the more that you chop up things like broccoli right before you eat it, the better. Uh, so when possible, you know, do that. Okay, what about supplements? So I'm not going to talk too much about supplements to, you know, have an effect on your epigenetics. Again, I want to do a series of these podcasts in 2023, and that's something I'd like to talk about. Uh, but in general, food first. Uh, clean, simple, non-processed food is best, uh, but make sure that you are getting enough vitamin D, vitamin B, and folate, uh, specifically for your epigenetics. Okay. Now, why am I talking so much about diet on the Running After Age 40 podcast? Well, obviously, that is one aspect of your epigenetics, and we want to live longer and have longevity. So all these foods are the whole reason we want to change our epigenetics is so that we live longer, but we also feel better while we're alive. Like, the, I do not want to be one of those people that's, you know, in pain and just living a life but not really living. So that's why I think diet is so important and exercise. So as far as exercise goes, what's remarkable is even a single training session can seriously change epigenetics. And then the bonus is the more consistent you train, the more intense the effect. So I think this just takes out, like it makes you really think about running and eating differently. Like you're certainly not going to do it because of the way that you look or the way, you know, that you're skinny, whatever. You're going to do it because it's going to make you feel better for long. You might still want to do it a little bit for the way you look temporarily, but like think about this. Uh, so the changes in your genes are then passed on. So literally like you're able to pass it on. Like if you're still like of childbearing age, which um, most of you probably aren't, but like you're passing these things onto your genes. Uh, so DNA methylation changes as we age, obviously, and sports and, and exercise are especially important because of that. So strength training, what can strength training do? It can actually reverse the gene expression in aging muscle cells and reduce the biologic age of those cells. So certainly strength training is one good thing. Uh, and then we know that 30 minutes uh, of like per day uh, increases the level of global DNA methylation. And even just in adolescence, 12 hours a week in the last 12 months increases the level of global DNA methylation. Uh, what was remarkable is I mentioned like one session had changes. Um, one week of acute like exercise doing it at least three days a week showed a benefit too. Um, and why is this? Why does it happen so fast? Like, I think what we have to remember is that our muscles are organs and they act as a sugar sink. 
So one thing, if you want to make a quick change, is exercise a little bit before you eat. And what that will do is it will make your muscles take up the glucose and it will minimize the impact of sugar from your meal. So short bursts of of exercises are good. Like you might like to do all your, I, I like to do this. I like to do all my exercise all at once, like my run and then my strength training, but it's actually better to do short bursts and then you can move in and out of different metabolic states. All right. Getting back to running a little bit, this episode, I'm kind of jumping around. I'm really excited about epigenetics and making like substantial changes that are actually concrete scientifically. Um, but, you know, if, if you're thinking about like things like Alzheimer's, like a lot of us, you know, have friends and maybe personally you're affected, like maybe your parents or your loved ones have suffered from this. Like we're trying to prevent that and change our genetic expression so that we stay uh, more coherent, our mind, less dementia, you know, not just seriously Alzheimer's, but just dementia overall. Um, so we want to shed off these methyl groups that impact the expression of our DNA, not just shed pounds when we exercise. So specifically to running, I just pulled a couple sites and a lot of it is rat and mouse data, but uh, a daily, and this is an example, a daily one hour treadmill run in mice, uh, it showed that they had less degeneration, uh, less uh, overall effects on their bone in a negative way. So again, preventing things like osteoporosis so that you if you do have a fall you don't break your hip you don't you know have a vertebrae um, slip when you're older uh, strength training we already hit on uh, a 30 minute moderate jog or run can have an epigenetic change that increases the number of cancer cancer fighting immune cells in the body yeah I said it like literally they you can increase the number of cancer fighting immune cells in the body from running from exercise and from eating right. Uh, there is actually data showing that people that are fighting breast cancer benefit from treadmill walking for six months, uh, essentially 150 minutes per week. And what that does is it increases the expression of the tumor suppression genes, the ones that you want to turn on. Uh, and then again, I mentioned this briefly, cognitive function, treadmill running increases cognitive function. And, you know, why do we feel so good after we run? It's because we're changing the epigenetics. Uh, so when you put that scientifically, I think it's so amazing. Uh, and just, you know, to take away, again, I want to do like full breakdown. This was a quick less than 20 minute me just getting super excited about epigenetics, but we're almost at the end of the year. I think we all need a little motivation to keep ourselves exercising. And it's certainly not so that you can just fit into the, like the outfit that you're wearing at Christmas. Uh, but we need to remember we can change our brains. We can change our bodies more quickly than we think. Uh, and exercise, uh, and, uh, diets can be, you know, a thing where we can have quick, quick changes. We can have immune responses from a meal in hours. Uh, something like smoking can take 16 years to change. So, you know, think about things that can be quick fixes. And, you know, it doesn't mean you have to get discouraged if you were a smoker. Like, you can still reverse those changes, especially by switching more of the positives on. So what are we going to end with here? We all agree refined sugar and carbs are not as good. Less processed, whole foods, rainbow, regular exercise are always better. And again, let epigenetics be like the science of hope for you coming into 2023, knowing that we can fuel our bodies. We can, uh, 
exercise and really make a difference in our genetics and there's no such thing as bad genes. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Running After Age 40 podcast. If you like the show, please be sure to rate and give us a like in iTunes. Also check out our website, www.runningwithgrit.com for all things related to running over the age of 40. We have a special gift guide up for the holidays on the site designed to share stocking stuffer ideas and gifts for runners at pretty much every price. Thanks for listening.